all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. The psalmist wrote, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm glad I got a call to be here this morning. And I'm glad you got a call to be here as well. They probably didn't call you like they called me, though, did they? <laughs> Thank you this morning on this beautiful Lord's Day. We gather together to worship. There's a wind of revival blowing across the soils of America. We all know about Ashbury and what's happening over there. I think we could just say we need revival. And our country, our communities, our neighbors, our friends, and our own lives are in such a mess. Only God can straighten it out. We pray that he does. Amen? Amen. I bring you greetings from Alcorn Baptist. And I've been the moderator for the last couple of years. And I'm going to step down in a few months. But we appreciate your participation, your contribution with Alcorn Baptist and the ministry of the Lord doing through our county and our association of Baptist churches. Now, the Baptist churches are not the only churches serving the Lord. Amen. I want to say that, okay? We aren't the only people that are right. <laughs> and sometimes we ain't right, okay? I hope that you understand this morning that God's not limited to my interpretation of what's what. Who's who? I said just like this, he can do just whatever he pleases, like my wife does, and I'll join in. <laughs> okay. I appreciate you letting me fix your steeple here a while back. What do you need? I need to turn on? Wait a Nobody's ever had a problem hearing me, brother. But you'll know that when we get through this morning. Does that got me? All right. All right. I took my own hearing aids out a while ago so that I wouldn't blow myself away, okay? <laughs> Getting old is a great experience. I'm glad I'm having it. Amen. Got some friends and family didn't get that experience, okay? Going old is an honor. It is an honor, okay? And I'm just not going to grow up. I'm just going to grow old, okay? I bring you greetings also from Living Freedom, the Freedom Center, Tommy Wilson. God's doing an amazing work out there. I try to share in that, participate in the help out there, do what I can. We had two saved Friday night at Freedom Center, and it is a Christ-centered, Bible-centered ministry, okay? And our state this year has passed a bill that there'd be no more rehabs in Mississippi. We need more to the less, amen? Mm -hmm. But they did. Thank God we got what we got, okay? I understand y'all support that from time to time. And I can promise you, if you ever know somebody needs some help, you can find it with Tommy Wilson and Living Free in the Freedom Center. And he'll be glad to take them in. Anybody got a word of praise to share this morning? I don't see y'all's clock. Y'all don't have a get out time? Luke 19. Luke 19. Zacchaeus ran to have the opportunity to meet Jesus. Zacchaeus ran at the opportunity to meet Jesus. This morning, we need to run to the opportunity to meet Jesus. Spend time with him. He wants to spend time with us. I love Brother Kenny Digby. He used to say it like this. He said, believe God's hanging over the handrails of heaven screaming to us, I want to be a part of your world. Time, time I quote Brother Kenny when he does that. We're real good friends. 
But God wants to be a part of our lives. It's up to us to let him. He's not going to do like the law does and kick the door down and come in. He stands at the door and knocks. And he said, if any man will let me in, I'll come in and sup with him and he'll sup with me. He'll make a big difference if he comes in. Amen? Luke 19, I'll begin reading in verse 1. If you'll take your copy of the Word of God. We'll begin in Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree, to see him, for he was to pass that way. For when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. He made haste, came down and received him joyfully. When they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be a guest with a sinner. Say amen right there, please. Amen. He still does. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, to have my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham. But the son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. Father, this morning, in the sweet name of Jesus, I come. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Empty me of myself. Fill me with the Spirit of God. This morning, may I have the option of the Holy Spirit of God to speak the words that you have for me to speak, that you have for your children to hear, for your church to be encouraged and the saints to be lifted up and sinners be drawn to Christ for saved by the salvation. For the backslidden to be encouraged that their life is not over. Doesn't come to an end because they've done something and sinned they shouldn't have done. Thank you this morning. You're a God of grace. You're a God of mercy. You're a God of love. Your judgment is not what you want to do. So many times it's what we force you to do. Or this morning, as we've already mentioned, the winds of revival seem to be stirring in our nation. And I pray this morning you to stir among us. We'll be willing to let you reunite ourselves with you and our hearts and our lives that we'll live like we claim to be Christians. And we'll live like you choose for us to live. We'll be what you want us to be. For your glory and for our good, for the good of those around us. Bind the devil in any way whatsoever that he might not hinder anybody to hear from you this morning. And we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, we always say, Amen. I might ought to move this. I'd like to knock it off. Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem for the last time on this earth, he knew that, the Father knew that, and nobody else knew that. On his way to Jerusalem, he travels through Jericho. Verse 1, as he entered into Jericho, 
here's what happened. Now, we would write that a little differently. It was like a parenthesis there. When he went into Jericho, his first encounter was with Zacchaeus. Okay, Zacchaeus was a, a very unique guy. He was a short fella. I know that you How many of you remember Dr. Travis, Blue Mountain College? A little bit short fella. I used to sing that song to him about short people, got short fingers. He said, I'm going to whoop you if I get big enough, Lord. And I sing that song. But Zacchaeus must have been an extremely short guy because he could climb within the tree. And on his way through Jerusalem, on his way to Jerusalem for the last time, last time he was going by Zacchaeus. We remember that. How many of us can just say this morning, we remember the last time we saw someone or heard someone or spoke to someone. Okay? And all of them weren't old. I went to my funeral, one of my 12, 13-year-old friends. He died of leukemia. Listen to me, ain't none of us got a promise of tomorrow. And this passage of Scripture shows to us some things that are plain and we see them. Now the next verse describes for us who Zacchaeus was. Look what he says in verse 2. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Chief among the publicans. He was a tax collector for the Roman government. He was a Jew. We would call him a traitor. And he was a tax collector, and he had become prominent in that position, and he was the captain of the team of all the tax collectors there in Jericho. And I say it like this. He would sit at the head of the table at the casinos when they had a planning meeting and an updating meeting and training meeting, and he'd buy the first round of drinks. He was a Republican. He was, he was a publican that was a tax collector. He set the he set the gate of the city. And when you came in trading your goods and your wares, he evaluated your goods and your wares when they opened the gates in the morning, and you paid a tax. Now listen real careful. He charged you just what he pleased. Rome gave him a fee that he could look at what you had and say, okay, you owe me $200. He might have to give 50 of that to Rome, and he kept 150. Matthew was a tax collector. If you're a tax collector today, don't get mad at me. <laughs> but we don't much tax collectors, and they still don't operate shorter on that room, on that room except it's just the government, okay? He got rich at it. Now, the question is, what is rich? Can I say this this morning? All of us are rich. Listen real careful to me. If we weren't the richest nation in the world, everybody wouldn't be dying trying to get here. We're also probably the most spoiled nation in the world. Okay. We whine and we grumble and we gripe. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I don't like it. Nice pews, nice carpet, nice buildings. And then none of us ride in a wagon. Okay? And we whine and grumble and gripe. It's raining, it's hot, it's dry, it's cold. Now, none of those things sometimes are fun in themselves. But we just, just get over it a little bit and just enjoy what life we've got. Okay? But I got news for you. It's going to be snuffed out for you today. And your circumstances can change. If you think you've got it hard today, go to the Baptist Hospital. Just walk up and down the aisles. Swing by the water. Just tour the hospital. Just look at those around there. You might decide you had got it so bad. Amen? Amen. He was rich. 
He could afford to do anything he pleased, but listen real careful, he wasn't happy. And if we've learned anything about riches and about things, Hollywood, great singers, famous people have proven riches does not mean you are happy. We had a little discussion this week about the fellow, and we've come to it with J. Paul Gatty who said this when an announced a newsman asked him, said, how much is enough? J. Paul Getty, the famous oil tycoon. And he said, just one more dollar. Huh? He was rich, but he wasn't happy. And he had heard some things. They have the same problems we have with drugs and alcohol, sexual perversion, lifestyle, trying to find peace everywhere they can, and they're not finding it. One of the problems that's created in the drug culture is they're looking for something that, that feels a longing, something lacking inside of them, and they're doing anything they can but become addicted to it almost instantly, if not instantly. We see who he was and what he had. But he had a desire. We see his desire there in the next verse. He sought to see Jesus, who he was, sitting at the gate, he had heard a lot of things about Jesus. I got a few notes about them and said he sought to see Jesus who he was, what he really knew what everybody said he was. He had heard at the gate of all the different people that he had touched. Sitting at the gate collecting taxes from the Roman government, giving it out. Was Jesus really the wonder-working winemaker at the wedding of the king of Galilee? I'll be honest with you, I, I do a few weddings, another wedding yesterday. We don't need wine at our wedding. If the Lord wants to have it, he still can turn our water to wine. Okay? But I promise you this. What our, what our Lord would do with wine would not make one drunk and act a fool. Amen? And I tell young couples getting married, just fix up your ceremonies and fix up your reception and all those things and let the Lord make it what he wants to make it. Did he really make the best wine? They had ever drank, they said he did. Just think about that. Did he really speak to the wind and the sea, and did the storm and the wind quit blowing and the sea calm down? That night, as those men were fishing out there all over that sea, Jesus, his disciples were riding around in their boat, per se. The storm came up. He called them to come with him. He got on the ship and sailed out there in that sea, and the storm arose. He was asleep, the Bible says, in the boat while the storm was roaring and run woke him up. Now listen to me. The next morning, all the commercial fishermen and all over that area came back to the dock to unload their fish and do their sailing. And they said, the strangest thing happened last night. It's one of the worst storm we've ever experienced. And all of a sudden, there was a dead calm like you've never seen. There was 12 men can say, let me tell you. As they traveled in life, these stories would spread as I kiss hearing them at the gate. And he really healed blind men and lame men and lepers. Type of funeral going down the street, ready the little boy back to life. He'd really forgive the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. I told her to go and sin no more. Did Jesus really throw the religious, throw the religious rulers out of the temple and let the common people come in? I say yes, he did. And all the stories go on and on. He had a desire to meet this Jesus for himself. Now listen to me, church. Please listen to me. Y'all had a wonderful pastor. Y'all had it. <laughs> We're going to be here all day till y'all learn this lesson. Yes. 
Y'all had a wonderful pastor. Amen. He wasn't perfect. And neither are you. Okay. Amen. They had a great wife. They loved kids. They loved family. And they loved the Lord. They loved you. Okay. And I listen, you ought to appreciate that. Thank God for that. You got a wonderful church. You got great leadership. But we need to make more about who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing than what man is doing and what we're doing. Now listen real careful. It's good to tell people we appreciate them and thank them is right. Okay? We got a long list as preachers. We got to almost thank every cat and dog that comes through with a get mad and pout on our parking lot. We've got to get over this, folks. If you're doing what you're doing at this church to get recognized by this church, you need to quit doing it for that and start doing it for the Lord. It won't matter what somebody thinks you or not. People have been testifying of what Jesus is doing. Now, real careful, listen to me. They never talked about what the 12 disciples were doing. <laughs> That's what Jesus was doing. Make all the difference in the world when we brag on Jesus and what he's doing. Somebody might ought to write a song, something that goes like this. What he's done for others, he can do for you. Amen. Listen to me. We ain't got to debate the Bible. Just tell them what Jesus has done for us, and he'll do it for them. That's all we have to debate. Amen? Be real good to the people that love the Lord and serve the Lord, but lift up Jesus Christ and all that you do. Zacchaeus had a desire to meet Jesus. But he had a dilemma. And the verse says right there that he was short. Has a little statue. He couldn't see Jesus in the crowd. Huge crowd. Now this time in our Lord's life, he was thronged with people. Crowds, maybe a hundred, maybe a thousand. Huge crowds following skeptic and scorners and people that ridiculed and people who've been helped and healed. They're on their way with him to the Passover week, the biggest week in Jewish world. And listen, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, and he knew he couldn't see him from the crowd, so he said that he ran and climbed up in a sycamore tree. Not only was he short, but he was still young enough and small enough to climb like a kid, okay? He had a dilemma. That he couldn't get it just like he wanted. Please hear me this morning. We have dilemmas. Some of our dilemmas called pride. Okay? We got too much pride sometimes to get up and walk down the aisle and tell our pastor that we aren't perfect. You will not surprise him. Okay? Because he's not. We got too much pride to get up and admit we've been struggling 79 years with the same aggravating issue in our world and in our home, and we won't admit we need people to pray for us and help us. Listen to me. Pride goes before destruction. In Proverbs, it lists six things the Lord hates. Number seven, abomination. But the number one is pride, pride, pride. You used to in our churches on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. We had men and women that would get up and ask church to pray for the sons, pray for the daughters, pray for their wives, pray for the husbands, that they're lost and are dying and going to hell and their lives are a wreck. We don't do that anymore. We're afraid we're going to offend them and send them to hell. Well, let me just tell you something. They're on their way anyway. Amen. We need to get rid of that pride and admit we've got problems and struggles and we need the church to help us and to pray for us. If you read the book of Acts, they brought every Christ ahead of the church, and the church prayed, and God moved mightily. 
church and solve some problems. Listen to me. We need the Lord to come and carve in just like he is at Ashbury. We got too much pride to stay in our church and pray to God move sometimes. We got to get out and get home. Have dilemma. Now hear me this morning. The Lord can fix our dilemmas just like he fixed Zacchaeus. He can solve that dilemma. I've had family in crisis. I got family in crisis. Uh, didn't take me near as long as it took my wife to admit that we had some real crisis in our family. Drugs invaded our family, divided our family, destroyed some of our family members. People living alternating lifestyles, okay? Brought shame and disgrace and broken hearts to us. I can go on and on about it. it took a long time. Mamas sometimes just don't want to admit their kids are messed up. Husbands want to admit it pretty quick. But after you know what? Enough folks got to pray for us and we got shared it with people. God began doing some work to deliver some of those people out of that stuff. Maybe he wanted to use us in our crisis to help other people in their crisis. Something like that's found in 2 Corinthians. With the comfort wherewith he comforted us, we can comfort others. Okay? So the crisis you've been delivered from in your world, you need to go to the world and tell them what God done in your life. Zacchaeus had this desire, but he had a dilemma. He couldn't get there like everybody else. So look real care at the scriptures. The Lord solved his dilemma. Look what it says. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up, saw him, and he said, Zacchaeus. He knew who he was. He knows who you are. He knows who I am. Okay. He knows us by name. Now, we don't have this going on anymore in our world, thanks to the electronic world. But used to, women got out of their purse, men got out of their billfolds. There was a picture of their wife when they graduated high school, and grandkids can't recognize her. And there's your grandkids, okay? And there in your billfold, in your purse, is a group of pictures for those who are intimately loved by you and you're proud of them, okay? Now we get our cell phones out and got 9,000 copies of every event that ever happened, okay? And we love that and we brag on that, okay? I went to Upton's basketball yesterday. My granddaughter playing basketball. And Ryder got my phone out of my pocket and filmed his sister playing basketball. Now you can't watch that after he gets through because he's a real good cameraman, okay? But this morning, if God had a bell phone and he opened it up, be your picture, he was looking at it. Zacchaeus, he knew who he was, and he knew where he was. He looked up, and all those people, now listen to me, he had Zacchaeus on his mind, on his heart. He's going to die, going to be on a cross, pay the sin down of the whole wide world, and he stopped what he was doing to reach out to Zacchaeus. This morning, he'll stop all of heaven to speak to our hearts and meet us where we are. He knew Zacchaeus was in a mess, you know what he said? I'm going to put this in King Floyd's version, okay? Get down and going home with you today and we're going to have lunch. You're saying, well, Brother Floyd, that's stretching a little bit. No, it ain't. Get down, Zacchaeus. And it says, Bible says, Zacchaeus got down and ran home hastily. Look at the verse there, okay? In verse 6, he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. You see that in verse number six there 
He got out and out of that tree. He went wide open until he could go home. Now listen, he's rich. So at his house when he's rich, what happens at noontime? They eat. And most rich folks don't get JoJo some bucks. Huh? And they didn't have to go buy McDonald's. His servants had meals prepared. When you're rich and you're influential and you're important, those things are waiting on you at home. And he gets home and him and Jesus sit down and they share a meal together. I'm going to prove it to you in a minute. They shared a meal together. They talked. They had fellowship. I'm sure Zacchaeus asked Jesus some questions. I know Jesus had some answers. Now, i got to deal with these religious rap traps, okay? Verse 7. When they saw it, when who saw it? People in the crowd. Probably the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the priests. Some of those that our Lord had thrown out of the temple one day because they had made it the den of thieves and made the church corruption. If it didn't, they didn't get anything out of it, wasn't nobody else going to get anything out of it. I call them religious rattle traps. Has anybody ever bought a baby a rattle trap? Y'all better get right right now. You lied one. Little rattle they put it in their hand and they shake it. Aren't you glad in a few months somebody stepped on it and broke it? Because that little rascal learned when they shook it, we jumped. <laughs> huh? Well, let me tell you something. Listen real carefully to me. The churches are full of religious rattle traps that grumble and gripe and murmur what somebody else is doing while they're normally not doing anything. Now, you're welcome this morning for that, okay? And so they started murmuring. Now, I got four grandkids, I got a great grandson, and I got two daughters. You don't need to murmur in my house. I don't like it. Now, you might tell me my feet stink. We get along. What'd y'all say? I'm bored. Let's get out the yard and get a rake and leave and pick it up sticks, okay? We've got too many electronic devices at my house to be bored. Three free wheelers, four wheelers, lawn bored, okay? We don't need to be bored, okay? Now, listen real carefully. We're always going to have the religious rattle traps. And they're always going to be making the most racket when the Lord does something in somebody else's life. Okay? Throughout our Lord's ministry and his life, the lawyers, the scribes, the Pharisees, the religious rulers of the temple aggravated and instigated him all the time. At the end of his 40 days of temptation, he was tempted after 40 days of fasting and praying, being alone on that mountaintop. The devil shows up tempted for food and water. Okay. Please listen to me. Ignore the rattle trap. Say amen. Amen. Don't get involved with them. Don't respond to them. Don't negotiate with them. Just keep on doing what you're doing for the Lord and it'll prove out to be right. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he's in me, he that's in this world. Just ignore them. Keep serving him. Keep pleasing him. Keep praising him. Listen to me. We're always going to have them, and they're always going to be there until we get to heaven. Okay? Listen to me. Jesus never turned and never responded to them. Just ignored them. They murmured. Here's what they said. He's going to be a guest with a sinner. He went in Zacchaeus' house. He sat down at Zacchaeus' table. And he was a guest there at that table eating. Now let me show you how I see that. Okay, y'all looking? 
In verse 8, Zacchaeus stood. They had been sitting at the table, eating, talking, sharing. I'm sure there's grace and truth abounding in that conversation. Sitting there. Had no other reason to be sitting. And in their culture, when a guest came into your house, they sat down. You're supposed to wash your feet. You're supposed to serve them a meal. And listen to me. He was a gracious host to our Lord and Savior. They shared a meal together. But he said he stood up. Zacchaeus stood up on that table. He said, Lord, y'all listen to this. He's made a decision right here. A big decision. Lord, call him Lord. Um, now, I don't know that he was taught a sinner's prayer. Okay. But he said, Lord. Lord. Are y'all listening? To have my goods I give to the poor. If that ain't salvation, I don't know what is. Huh? Now listen to me. Y'all remember that crowd that's following him? Y'all remember all those people that thronged him? So many that Zacchaeus, as a short little man, couldn't even see him in the crowd. Lots of people out there. Okay? And I think he had more poor followers than he did rich followers. Because most of the rich didn't need him. Huh? Most of the rich in our world don't seem that they need him. Okay? Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. He was rich. He had accumulated a lot of things. Okay? Let me share this with you. Are you listening? He changed his greedy, selfish heart to a sharing heart. Are y'all hearing that this morning? Lord, to have my goods, I give to the poor. Half. How much is half? Half rich? <laughs> uh, whatever that he had. If you're in that crowd, what are you saying? Where's the key to your barn? <laughs> uh, where's your stuff at? Please get this in mind. He had real, if you're rich, you you got real stuff. You might not be driving a Toyota truck. Huh? Your chariot might be a Lexus. But half what I got, I'm going to give to you guys. Man. And then he said, if I've taken anything by false accusation, I'm going to restore it fourfold. Jewish law. You got caught stealing chicken, you paid back two chickens for one. In grace, he said four to one. Here's what he said. This is my debit card, and it won't get none of y'all rich. It's like he says, y'all take it, swipe it. There it is. Now listen to me. He got rich being a corrupt, conniving Roman traitor to the Jews sitting at that gate. His riches didn't make him happy, they didn't satisfy him, and they didn't solve his problem with his heart. And now he's giving it away. Get in line, 
and swipe it and get four times what I took from you in false accusation. Man, you talk about greed getting gone. I'll tell you something, I pastored 30 plus years. I've seen this maybe one time out of one fellow could not give enough away. I've seen Tommy Wilson have a hand stacked full and give it away. Okay. I've witnessed Tommy Wilson and living free in the 10 or 12 years I've been up here with him. I've known him longer than that. Go from his first meeting in the Auburn Baptist Association office where the Kenny gave him the key and his first meeting with three or four men was a gallon of Kool-Aid and a pack of cookies. They're feeding over 11, 12,000 meals a year people who don't seem to have it to give. And Thursday night, on the celebration night of living free, I had to count the money in the chicken bucket. Y'all know about the chicken bucket? Huh? KFC bucket he used for collection bucket. Y'all know about that? You don't you need to get Tommy out here and let him talk to you, okay? Now listen to me. They gave up $303. Now listen to me. I counted the money. It was mostly $1 bills watered up and crumbled up. Wasn't no crisp $100 bills. Okay. It was people who didn't have much to give, but they gave what they had. Okay. They've been shooting up, snorting up, running, wrecking their lives and their family's lives. God doing the work in some of them's life. We had two saved Friday night at the Freedom Center. And they're giving back to the community. Zacchaeus has got rich, being corrupt, conniving, tax collector, and he gives the whole community a blank check fourfold. Well, we need that in our churches. I've seen people have to go to funerals. I've asked the church to help them with some gas. And some person, and it's normally some well-to-do person, well, I don't give them no money, they smoke. Well, guess what? Ain't none of us perfect either. Huh? Mm -hmm. We might gossip a little bit. Uh, try to help some people who don't come to the church. Well, I know what Mississippi thinks. Y'all know what Mississippi thinks? You made your bed hard, you what? Y'all didn't say that loud enough, but y'all know it too. You make your bed hard, what do you do? You sleep in it. That just ain't biblical. <laughs> huh? Matthew 25. You know what Jesus said? I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. And he said, hungry, naked, and in jail, and you never helped me one day with one die. They said, Lord, when did we see you like that? He said, as you've done the least of one of my brethren, you've done it unto me. Uh, yeah. There's something about Jesus' encounter with Zacchaeus that changed the heart of the most deceitful person of the struggle that we all have, the love of money and stuff, okay? And it may be hindering us from having a movement of God in our families, in our home, and our churches. And listen real carefully. You know what our streets are made out of in glory? Gold. You know what the gate's made of in glory? One single pearl. 
You know what the foundation stones are? You know y'all can't see the foundation on this church. Somebody dug a hole years ago down in the dirt. It's probably 12 by 12 or 12 by 16, maybe 18, 20 inches deep and 40 foot of concrete and rebar. And you can't see that foundation. We can see the 12 most precious stones in the world holding up the gates of glory and the walls. Okay. And y'all know something? I saw a picture this week was sent to me by my brother-in-law. It was a hearse going down the road with a U-Haul hooked to the back of it. Huh? Thank you for laughing, man. You caught it, didn't you? Listen to me, church. <coughs> Zacchaeus' life was radically changed. Not in six months of Bible study. Not in 25 years in Sunday school. Just with a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ at his house, at a table, eating, sharing. He, he knew that something was lacking in his life. But the Lord, he didn't tell the Lord. The Lord won't be a bit surprised if you come to him this morning. Again. It won't surprise him a bit in the world. It might shock your wife or your husband. But let me tell you something. It may shock the community. I'm going to have to use Tommy. He lived here. He lived at Bunnable. Tommy got saved. Tommy got saved on the drug dealer $60,000. He called them and told them, I'm not paying you. Lord, save me. And they didn't come kill him. <laughs> there was something about what Tommy said, I got saved. Okay? The church, let me ask you a simple question. Has the encounter that you say you have with Christ changed your, wife about, your life about your stuff? and your money, and helping others, now listen real careful, who don't deserve it. They don't deserve it because of what they've done. They deserve it because Jesus called them the least of his brethren. Okay? They have a soul. Okay? Their soul is the greatest value. Do we understand this morning our Lord loved us first as sinners? He loved us most as sinners. He died for us while we were yet sinners according to Romans chapter 8 verse 5. Okay. It is when we're in the muck and the mire and the sin of our life, whether it be pride or adultery, lying or stealing. In the book of Ephesians, when he talks about put off the old man and put on the new man, the next, next few verses, it's about six times he talks about speak the truth, stop lying. There's some people who got saved who used to lie. There's some people who are saved in life. We got a lot of people in America claim to love the Lord. And they, they seem to lie a little bit because they think abortion's okay, but they think abortion is a choice. It's murder. Amen. Okay, it's murder. Don't break our hearts. Okay. Zacchaeus had an encounter that forever transformed his life. There may be some reasons we don't have that encounter. We don't want that kind of change. It might be like this. I saw a t-shirt. This girl was married. Are you young girls listening to me? She had on a t-shirt. You know what it said? It said, if you can't change him diaper, you can't change him. Huh? Y'all caught that? If you want to marry some fella and he ain't already right, you ain't going to be able to change it. 
Only God changes hearts. Okay? Y'all hear me this morning? He can change my heart and he can change your heart. We'll let him. There's going to be a last chance. This is Zacchaeus' last chance. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's not coming back through Jericho. He's going to die on a cross. He's going to rise up from the grave in about three days. He's going to be seen around the town for about 40 to 50 days, and then he's going to be gone to the right hand of the Father. He's going to send the Holy Spirit to dwell those who get saved by the grace of God, and the work's going to go on through us who are saved by the grace of God. Now, it's not in the Scriptures there in verse 9 and 10, but I think it's implied. It said in verse 9, Jesus said to him, This day is salvation come to this house. I believe Jesus saying, Wow, of all the people that I've saved and I've healed and I've helped since I've been here, I used to have the Scriptures. There hadn't been anybody else got up to the half my good to give the poor. And I've stored fourfold everybody I've lied stole from. I think you just say, wow, right there. Amazing. But then he makes this statement. Listen to me. There's the crowd again. There's all the people. The good, bad, and ugly, short, and tall, all the people. He says, I've come to seek and save that which is lost. Wow. Dr. Travis taught us as preachers in school. Slaves get a lost person saved as a religious person. Not easy to get a lost person saved and is a good person. First church I pastored. And my ministry has always been involved, if I could say it like this, in people on the lowest rung of the ladder, because I was on the lowest rung of the ladder. I was a drunk. I was a heathen. I grew up in a family of five generations of pedophiles. That means we didn't sing choir songs growing up, okay? And uh, in the outhouse, it wasn't Sears catalog, it was pornography magazines, okay? That's the world I grew up in. And so the Lord called me, saved me, called me to preach. And I tell every church I've ever been around, I'll find them old boys sitting in an oak tree drinking that beer, and I'll stop and talk to them. Bankers and lawyers and I get along, but I don't have a lot of influence on them because I don't know much about them. Okay? See, our Lord come to those kind of people and help them. Okay, he helped anybody that would let him. There's going to come a day that we're going to wish we'd give the Lord our heart and our life. Okay, we allowed him to come in and take control and be in charge of our stuff. Okay, I'm not asking you to bankrupt this morning. I'm just telling you this morning. There's going to be a last chance for every one of us. I'm preaching right here in this county pastoring a church one time. An invitation time, standing right down there, leading people to come and give the heart to the Lord. Somebody ran in the door. They were looking for somebody who had been a bad wreck. And while we were worshiping and singing and having an invitation, some people were getting killed right out on 72. Wow. I, I hope y'all hear me this morning. Any nurses in the building? What's the average heart rate of the average person? About 85 times a minute on an average. Okay. That means we're all less than a second out of eternity. <clears throat> Do we understand that? Now we can look around this morning. I can look in the mirror. 
I'd say I'm 68 years old, and I know I'm on the closest end of eternity than I was 20 or 30 years ago. But me and one of my cousins was clowning one night and acting a fool. He didn't see 18. Huh. There's going to be a last chance of all of us. This was our kids' last chance. Okay. The big Chung Ruler come to our Lord and said, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord told him. And he went away sorrowful because he had great riches. Don't know that he ever appeared again before our Lord. Agrippa said, Almost thou persuadeth me. But almost wasn't enough. And this morning, Zacchaeus ran to meet the Lord and forever changed his life. We got recorded in the Bible. What's keeping us from turning our hearts our lives over the Lord and letting him have his will, let him have his way? I think he'd do a lot better job of managing it than we can. That cousin had a wreck, was paralyzed, and lived 13 years in a wheelchair and in a bed. And he and I were tight. And I done everything for him in those 13 years I did for my kids growing up. I took him hunting and took him fishing, but if he had to go to the bathroom, when it says paralyzed from here down, I'm not trying to freak you out. That means nothing from here down ever works again naturally or normally. Never. If something happens in your body from here down, somebody makes it happen. Okay? Dear honey, He'd have an accident. His wheelchair would lay flat on his back and I'd have to clean him up like I did a baby. Him 20-something years old. The last time I saw him, he'd quit breathing and quit functioning. He was on a trach and he's in an ICU unit too below. I stayed with him because he had one sister and he had a wife and we was having to take turns to stay with him. And I got ready to leave that afternoon and I said, don't you die, Scotty. I've been working on a new funeral sermon and don't you die till I get back, okay? And he mashed that thumb along. He said something. I understood what he said. About 3 o'clock, my phone rang that morning. He died. And I walked up to his casket the next day, looked in his casket, and God said, life is nothing but an attitude. He had a better attitude about life after he got paralyzed than he did while he was walking, talking, and running, and playing, and hunting. You know why? He had nothing to hold back. He had to turn loose and fall on grace and enjoy and trust the riches of God's mercy. This morning, listen to me. I hope you're here tonight. I hope you're here next Sunday and on and on and on. But it ain't going to happen for some of us. Some of us going to check out. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, you're lost. And if you're not saved this morning and you're lost, you're going to go to hell when you die. Okay? And everything you have and all that you know ain't going to matter. Okay, last week, week before last, did a funeral of a 95-year-old neighbor in Verona. And you know what it mattered to them? That she knew she was saved. That's all that mattered. And they asked me to come down there and be a part of her funeral because I just grew up in the community, played basketball with her daughters and her son at their yard. Just a family friend. Just wanted me to be down there because I knew and they knew that we were all one big happy family. Here's what I said for Miss Friday. Death ain't no big thing. When you get saved, death ain't no big thing. 
It's just a valley we travel through to glory or we travel down to hell, whichever way you're going. And the only difference is what you know about Jesus Christ as your Savior. This morning, if you're not saved, you're lost. You need to get saved. This morning, if you're saved, you're not living right, not doing right, you need to repent of your sins that you've come short of God's glory and you have failed. None of us are perfect. Okay? But some of us need to get right before. We need revival. Amen. Need a movement of God. Don't take 45 people. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone, not the deacons, not the pastor, not song leaders, not son, if anyone in that fellowship will open that door, I'll come in and he'll suck me out. It'll make a difference in your life if it don't matter to anybody else. But according to Zacchaeus, it made a difference to everybody. Amen. Would you come this morning? Run to meet Jesus where he's at. He knows where you are. He wants to be a part of your world, and you're the only reason he's not. Father, we love you this morning. We worship you this morning. And God, this morning, this is not something strange. It's not something new. It's something we need to be reminded of. You've come to seek and save that which is lost. And I pray this morning that anyone that's here that's lost this morning, they'll come running to you for the grace and mercy to save their soul. Or maybe someone here this morning and they're backslidden. They know they're not right with God. They know they're doing what they used to do and what they ought to do. And just gradually, discontentment. Maybe some religious rattle trap hurt their feelings. They use that as an excuse not to go again or do again. Maybe, Lord, this morning, they've allowed the devil to discourage them, distract them. Lord, right now we're going to invite them to come and get right with you and get right with each other. And Lord, I pray this morning, the urges of the hour, we can look around in our churches, we can look around our communities. We are in a crisis of spiritual bankruptcy. Father, I pray this morning, we, your children, will humble ourselves beg you to forgive us and beg you to move on us like we see and hear about you moving on less like you moved on Zacchaeus change our greedy selfish heart and ways being generous, being kind being willing to humble ourselves and trust you to lead us in our lives Lord this morning bring glory to yourself and grace and truth to your people in Jesus name I pray heads are bowed and eyes are